shaking. Checking it out here. I <laughs> can't wait. Uh, yeah, we're we're good. Three, <laughs> two, and one. Shaking haters. <laughs> I need to see a doctor because my face is sliding off my head. <laughs> you know hey. what? It looks good. This could be a fucking three-man show. Eleven o'clock. Comics episode. Oh, we gotta do that again. That was yeah, raw. Did. That was We're raw. Both. David, I'm good. Okay. Eleven o'clock. Comics episode one hundred and sixty-six. Shake it off. Yeah. Like a dog, she can. Yeah. I love our mom. Once Jason comes up in the face, you just come to my house. You are witty and quick. I like the kicking the Vince in the balls better. Me too. I should have yeah. done that for Always go with Vince's balls. It works in almost every situation. At this point, the next convention is going to be a fucking cage match with somebody. You know this. It's raw. It's okay. Yeah. It's, it's just it's an odd connection you got tonight. I don't know what it is. Sorry. It's okay. It's you. It's, uh, it's odd weather here in Chicago. You know this. It's been, yeah, it's been, it's been storming like a, like a bastard. Well, they have to implement that, that uh, map design that they had made up like 10, 15 years ago. You ever see that? Navy's map. Yeah. How the United States is split up into two chunks with the uh, Mississippi going straight up the middle, all the flooding that they had. There's people that think that this is all planned. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Maybe Rick, maybe Rick Veach will make a comic about it. I'm waiting for Piss you off! To... Don't you bring that up! Don't bring it up! <laughs> I'm waiting for you to mention the, uh, the cover-up of the nuclear meltdown that's, been, that's looming in, the, in uh, Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? Right in the backyard. Hey, what the freak is going on? No, seriously, we've had nuclear plants operating for decades, right? Yeah. All, all of a sudden, they all decide to go tits up at the same time. What the hell's going right. on? I it's, hope not. It's the Illuminati, there's... dude. They're tired of it. That's what I'm yeah, saying. More nuclear plants in Illinois than any other state in the country. Maximum depopulation. That's what it is. Yeah. Max depop. Hey, everybody. We're going. We're starting off with the tinfoil hats. Yee. 11 o'clock comics, episode 166. I am Vince B, and I'm drinking something new this week. Ooh. Wow. Thank God. Uh, I am Chris Trenaceman, and so am I. Damn. Uh, I'm David Price, and I am not drinking my usual. There are no grapes involved in the production of David's beverage. Exactly. Nice. Wow. And of course, I'm the neighborhood bully, and I'm beating the fuck up out of a keg. <laughs> the face. Right in the face. No, you're not. You're. Let's be happy. You're not. You're Jason Wood, and this cage match has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Who the hell wants to pay retail price for their comic books? Nobody. Not me, Vince. I don't know anybody who wants to pay cover price for the books. Well, point your web browser into the Earl that I told you, www.dcbservice.com, and you will find huge 
discounts. Prices slashed across the board, 35 to 75% off. Your favorite funny books. Where are you going to get that? You're not. And if you are a first-time customer, you can enter the following code into the little box they have already set up there for you. And what's the code, David? EOC8. That's right. EOC8. And you will get an additional 8% discount on top of the already huge discounts it's crazy it's insane discount comic book service dcbservice.com i feel naked because i don't have to say anything about summit city now it's true. yeah yeah i thought I, I talked to zach and it sounds like things went very very well at the show this year so i said the attendance was slightly up over last year and uh, getting into a new space and and all that and said so dennis cowan was awesome and uh actually uh <clears throat> listens to the show yep so uh Yep, time to be on your best behavior, boys. Uh, but uh, no, I heard heard real good, really good stuff about it. So I'm sure there will be a Summit City three next year. So yeah. we'll uh, look forward to that. Mm-hmm. I talked to Zach uh, too. You're not special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, you know, I talked to him too. It's true. It is. In fact, you're collaborating yeah. with him. I am. I'm sending him something this week. Can't wait to see it, Andy. Andy. Andy, Andy, mm-hmm. Andy Jewett. I love Andy Jewett. He's very funny and. Uh, he's, we know Andy as a workaholic to a certain yes. degree. Andy loves to produce and he sent me a little message on the Twitter. Hey, did you send Zach your stuff yet? <laughs> it's like, Andy, I have three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even put pen to paper yeah. yet. No, it's, you got, no, no, Andy's his enforcer. It's like, hey, you No, get, and, and, and he said, he said, yeah, I understand you want to just tighten it up and, and do a couple. <laughs> I didn't even start. <laughs> but I'm good under the gun. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we we've seen your twenty four hour comic book ventures before. Yeah, one page. Well, the farm was busy <laughs> that weekend. You know, you had distractions. Nah, I couldn't do it. I know. I'm not that disciplined. I am not a Mike Norton. No. <laughs> so few are. Well, you know what Zach and I usually talk about? Boobies. Curling. Beer. Men. Which means um, we should probably move on to the drink roll call. Yes. Uh, Vince, why don't you let us know uh, what you're drinking new this week? Yes, it's new. And I um, I was uh, perusing the selection at the local beer garden. That's what we call it in this neck of the woods. And uh, it's a local it's a local beer. I, I've never had it before. It's called Lion's Head. It's oh, brewed okay. in Wilkesbury, which is nice. about about 10 minutes away from me. It's Home a pill- of the Red Barons. That's right. It's a Pilsner, deluxe Pilsner beer. It's Good a little, summer beer. It's a, it's a little lighter than I like. I mean, I could see through the bottle, which is usually a no-no with me, but it was only 14 bucks for a case. 24-ounce bottles, 14 bucks. So it's pretty it's good. It's got to be good. And I, I unscrewed the cap, and there underneath the cap, there is, a, there is uh, images of a revolver and a pair of dice. So we're going to see if the... Next Very cap has something gambler. has something different because wouldn't that be cool? And it, there's a little eleven above the image, so maybe it's like a collector thing. Collect all the pictures. That's cool. I like it. Or Fourteen a, bucks. An it's it's an omen. It could be. You're right. I forgot the name of the show. There you go. <laughs> all right, David. Why don't you uh, um, let us know what you're drinking? That's new. Uh, well, not new. Just um, not. Just not the regular. Right. Uh-huh. It's, uh huh. It's it's nothing special. Just some uh, Jim Beam ginger ale. Oh. oh, there you go. You know, I almost had that tonight. Oh. We 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 were almost uh, of the same mind. What kind oh of ginger God. ale do you use? Uh, tonight it is Schweppes. 
Ooh, sweaty. Oh, there you the go. Sweaty. Sweaty. <laughs> sweaty. Balls. David's sweaty balls. There you go. Uh, how about you, Mr. Wood? Uh, I'm going a little bit uh, old school. I have um, basically, uh, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, it's a screwdriver. It's, uh, oh, I like some, those. Some nice. of that that new that new uh, half cal OJ, you know, that they got these days. Oh my oh, god! Okay. Half cal OJ I, and some uh, really, it's yeah, a little Finlandia vodka. Mm-hmm. Finlandia, not Belvedere. No, Finlandia. Yeah. Seriously, I think I think David's right. Why would you require half cal orange juice? <laughs> well, that's sugar. Yeah, uh, orange juice is really not so good for you. Citric acid. Yeah, a lot of sugar. What it's a, a wonderful sugar. thing. A lot of the sugar. Vitamins is good for you. Um, well, I'm I'm double fisting because I'm, I'm <laughs> it's not even Saturday. <laughs> well, I'm 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 recover- I'm in a little bit of pain still. I um. Oh, uh, it's been it's been like slaving over a hot iron. No, like nine days ago, I um I tore my calf muscle. Yeah, what? I heard about I heard about that. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah, playing softball. I uh, I tore my calf muscle, so I've been a mess. And I've got like <laughs> it's really kind of gross, but like my calf like filled up with 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 fluid <laughs> and, and blood, and it's like all draining down to my ankle. So oh, I take have a, a picture. I have a, I, I have a yeah. I, I will. I've got a huge cankle right now. Nice. I mean, it's like oh, it's God. it's disgusting looking. And so I've been hobbling around for like the last week and a half, and so I'm still a little little sore. So I'm on some ibuprofen, a little bourbon, and um, <laughs> and uh, uh, we had mentioned Summit City. One of the guests at Summit City was Kyle Bice, and I talked uh, a few weeks ago how he was doing the uh, uh, the label redesigns for the Hatter line of beer at uh, New Holland, and tonight I'm having the Black Hatter with uh, with Kyle's it's probably my favorite uh, illustration that he did, and it's a black IPA, which I've talked about a lot on the show it's uh, uh, kind of like a, almost like a porter meets an IPA it's really dark but it's uh, it's not as heavy as a porter and uh, and has some nice hoppiness to it but this is the New Holland Brewing Black IPA with artwork from a good friend Kyle Bice did he so, give uh, you that for free? No, no, I, I oh. did go over to his place. He 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 did as as kind of part. I don't know if it was part of his deal or they just threw it in. But I think he got a case of each one, and these are the these are the big you know full pint bottles. Uh, and uh, yeah, he we 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 killed a couple of them a few nights ago. But no, I went out and I went out and bought this one. So I don't know if they're available you know outside of the midwest but if you if you have access to new holland beer ask for their uh, ask for their their hatters they've got the mad hatter and the uh the farmhouse hatter and and uh, a couple of oh, oh a rye hatter which is very good too so. cool before yeah, we move yeah. on you got to mm-hmm. take a take a picture of that cankle thing cuz i want to see it yeah okay well, let me here okay all right hey you i got tweet? i'll tweet i'll tweet it Thank you. I have uh, thank yous. To, of course uh, you do. It wouldn't Dole be out. a week without. We're not, yeah, we need to just incorporate this. Right <laughs> it should. We should just make this the new opening instead of the drink roll call. Vince's thanks for all the gifts he gets. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, Clobbertron, a.k.a. Ken, uh, from BigShinyRobot.com and uh, the monitor tapes. He sent me a handful of uh, Charlton Horror comics. 
No. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I have to thank him. They're awesome. And it's the same roll call as the one I talked about. Pat Boyette, Steve Ditko, Tom Sutton. It's just all greatness. And, uh, and so he sent me those. And our buddy Will Pfeiffer sent me a, uh, a little, uh, not a little, uh, a box of stuff. Uh, one of the, most of it was autographed. And one of the things that he sent me, I'm going to talk about in a little while. So thank you, Will, and thank you, Clabbertron, a.k.a. Ken. He changed his Twitter handle to just to Ken, so I'm just going to call him Ken because that's his name. I need and, to get uh, in touch with Will because I, um, I have to hit him up for some of, those, uh, some of his Catwoman run. After tonight, I have a couple questions I would like to ask Will about the thing that David and I read. Tag team! Yeah, tag team. So there you go. Thank you, Will, and thank you, Ken, very much. All right. You're jealous, aren't you? I am, very much so, yeah. yeah. So softball, huh, Chris? Yeah. Was lesbian Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was. It's not. I'm not. I'm not proud. <laughs> and here I am. I told someone to kick him in the balls. Insult to injury. I'm hobbling off the the softball diamond, and fucking Sal goes, "Dude, you just might not be an athlete." <laughs> wow. Fucking asshole. Clarity. Oh That's God. what that is. Oh, All right, so let's talk about the com- when he's down. The comic. We talk about the comics. The comics books. Who wants to go first? Because I don't uh, see. Well, I was reading those PMs earlier, and 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 I know Chris read. The, well, I mean, it's not like he's an athlete, so I mean, he's been doing a lot of reading. And, uh, <laughs> in his and convalescent so, bed. <laughs> Leg <laughs> all up is, but no, I mean I, I I was looking at at Chris's list and that looks fantastic. So I'm dying to hear what he's got in, and of course Jason's read. Actually, Jason read something that I only read the first issue of, so I'm trying to hear about that. Well, one of you better talk because we're just burning what, burning you, day. You guys here, I'll I'll talk. Do you guys have your Twitter open? I can uh, do it. And go. Uh, Go take a look at my cankle. And I can talk about um, Hellblazer Scab if you want. Dude, your, your little toes are like bent at weird angles. What's going on there? Look at his, his little pinky toes. Seriously, dude. It's like they're hiding from the rest of his foot. It's going to be Where's the... That's crazy. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Look at that. Like That's swollen. That's insane. Yeah. Need to... Need to Man. This is gripping fucking radio right here, folks. <laughs> Looking at Chris's feet. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about comics. Show notes. Yes. Chris's foot. <laughs> Jason, take oh, it. Good. I love your voice. Uh, dude, let's uh let's break from uh tradition and uh and and talk about Walking Dead. Yes. Oh, we can absolutely. do that. Uh even though I think um it will spoil it for David, but you know what? Let's let's do no way. Let's let's be honest. He's you know, never going to get there. What are we get up to it in the TV show? Don't worry about it. I was going to say David is thirteen and a half trades behind, and this is probably going to happen in season twelve of the TV show. So oh, I'm yeah. Good. Well, you know, yeah, it's, you're probably right. So uh, I I think Jason's talking about volume fourteen. Yes, of, of Walking Dead. People don't know. We'll let's say spoilers because as we've often talked about, it's a book people don't like to be spoiled of. So. Uh, consider the next uh, chunk of time devoted to this. Yeah, massive spoiler. So if you do not want to have a very intense, very crucial part of the Walking Dead story spoiled for you, 
Um, I was called out on Twitter because I did not give enough lead time on what I didn't even consider a spoiler anyway, but I guess it was. Blah, blah, blah. No, no, we have to be considerate. So sure. there will be spoilers for Walking Dead coming up. Hit the pause button now. All right. There you go. Dude, so, yeah. Carl, I'm all the way to like, uh, I'm I'm up to like issue 86. So what's I can talk about as much well, as you want. So well, let's make sure where the trade goes up to. Right. Let's keep it in, just inclusive of the issues in the trade because where does I the don't. Trade go up to? I think. Uh, let's see. Issue 84. So we're not too far behind. No, no. Okay. That's, that's pretty yep. good. So uh, how do you want to set this up? There is uh, this. Uh, it's all about the last page. It's all this, about the last page. Right. But this. People that are this... starting to listen to this uh, really have not ever heard us talk about, or at least since, like, I think issue, what, 46 or 48? Yeah. Right? That, so it's been a good uh, almost four years of, of content since we've really talked about the book at all. So we we shouldn't really assume anything right okay <laughs> well, well the, the the compound in which our uh cast members find themselves this somewhat idyllic um a refuge from the chaos that's going on in the in the quote real world around them it, it is kind of a fantasy existence for them because it it's it's an aberration is what it is. These people have set up this community where it's it's almost like, I mean, not taking into account the maintenance that they have to do on the wall and stuff. If they didn't have to do that, it would be as if the zombie outbreak didn't happen at all. They just it's spurt. the walking it's the Walking Dead equivalent of the Stepford Wives. It it is, and it's 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 kind yeah. of it's a lie it's a ruse it, and there, and mm-hmm. it's it's just it's kind of like trying to convince themselves. Yeah, we're okay. We're gonna be all right. This is this is good, but it's not. It's not good at all, as Kirkman proves, because uh, a section of the wall of this compound, um, the zombies get through, and the shit hits the fan. And during a skirmish, um, between uh, a lot of people, one of which is carrying a gun. Uh, most of them are. Uh, I, I don't even know how to say this because it, it was it was horrifying for me, and I'm sure it was horrifying for anybody with a child. Um, uh, Carl, uh, Rick's son, doesn't fall prey to a zombie. He doesn't get wounded in the traditional Walking Dead way. Um, it, it's a human that actually. Um, Let's be honest. He maims the kid. Yeah, it takes a straight of the head. Gun, yeah. The gun The gun goes off, and Carl loses about a third of his head. Damn. Uh, and yeah. it's, 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 you got to give Charlie Adler credit because I don't know if, if, um, how much of the head matter that Kirkman indicated for him to take away, but. I mean, if this was if this wasn't comics and this is the real world, um, Carl would be pretty much dead. He would be brain yeah. dead mm-hmm. because I mean, you could see right through his eye, Damn. and the 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 whole section of the head from the eye over is is missing. But he did it in a way where it's it doesn't look like there's a whole mess of brain taken away. But it, I mean, if you get a shot like that, just yeah, blood yeah. loss alone. Yeah. Come yeah, on, this, yeah, exactly. Well, oh, um, can I give you a, a minor spoiler from from what's from what? Oh, immediately <laughs> starts yes. It's that that it it's it's kind of. Uh, Do they cauterize it? Well, they're they're 
it it didn't it didn't cause massive brain trauma. It it didn't it but, didn't shoot him. It wasn't through his brain. I mean, right. I don't know what kind yeah. of a gun it was. Yeah. I mean, it was a handgun. Yeah. But those yeah. bullets are not designed to just go clean through the human body. No. No. They're designed no. to blossom once they get in there. I, had, yeah. I have a question about. Um, I don't. Do the zombies eventually just meander over to the compound, or these guys? Do these guys know well, the zombies around well, them? I just well, no. What they, it was is, that, is that, and it it had been foreshadowed of several arcs before that that the uh, zombies will will kind of travel in in like these herds, mm -hmm. and then you'll get herds which will meet up with other herds, and it turns into like this huge zombie tidal wave. I forget they they called it something, and it, and I I, I, and I it, forgot. But it's basically one of these kind of just runs into the town, and so they just stop, and so you have literally miles and miles of zombies that are pushing up against the walls of the town. <laughs> but wow. see the the thing that instigated the zombie wave. I mean, they they just didn't decide to 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 rush the town. They wouldn't have no. known it was there or they wouldn't have paid it any attention if uh, a human or um an unzombified human set, uh set off a gun. Because uh, Rick gets in between um, an abusive father and his wife and child, and mm -hmm. the fa the you know as is Walking Dead, the shit hits the fan, and the father fires off a gun, and that's what that's what gets the zombies all all lathered up, right? That that's how it went down, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. human um, irrationality or guilt, whatever instigated him to finally realize that he was a scumbag, but instead of directing his, his hate towards himself, he directed it at those around him, you know, as yeah. people are wont to do. And that caused the zombies to get all lathered up and, and start, you know, noticing mm -hmm. them more. And it, well, and, you know, and, and, and that part of the story is kind of the backdrop of what's going on with Rick is that, you know, Rick for the first time, since 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 Lori has found someone to be um, intimate with, and you know, I guess that's another spoiler. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For anyone no, that, that hasn't got up to issue forty-eight yet. Well, no. But, again, if, uh, if I would sincerely hope people aren't still listening that that would care yeah. about that by now. So. Right. Right. But you know, Rick. Rick has this this not not real. You know, it, it's not real, but he has what could be the beginnings of a real relationship that builds a family again with right. with a woman and and her child who's about the same age as as Carl, and they're living together now, and and she seems to really really like Rick, and Rick likes her, and and he fucks it up in the worst way imaginable. But see, she's still married, technically. I mean, I know the law probably doesn't apply anymore, but I mean, if you consider marriage a legal contract with the big dude, I mean, I guess the law is still in I, effect, I, right? I, I, think, I think you kind of throw that stuff out the window in the zombie apocalypse. Right, but what I'm saying is, Kirkman could be saying something about that, too, where, I mean, it, it could have been... He had to manipul manipulate Rick and the mother and the son into a position where the dude would fire yeah. the gun off, right? Well, so I, I mean, it, I, think, it, I think I think what Kirkman does, and it's why the series is so wildly successful, is that 
he gives people glimpses of happiness, but he never, ever lets anyone really be happy. And the happier someone is, the more likely they are to die really, really soon after that. I mean, you, you follow you follow the series, and it's any time that there's a moment of peace or tranquility or happiness, that's right, befa- right before things get really, really bad. I don't know if I... Well, yeah, you're uh, large. Big picture, yeah, you're right. But, I mean, there are people in there that are re- considering, you know, relatively happy. Like, Rel- relatively happy. Like, well, uh, um, what's the um, the Asian guy? I forget his name. Glenn. Glenn is. He? He's. he's yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Glenn's yeah, wife yeah. isn't dead. I mean, he still well, has. Yeah, I was going to say they were. They were. They they had reached this level of happiness where they were together, and then she tries to hang herself. Well, but it's that's yeah. the kind. Of, she didn't Glenn succeed. Glenn and though. Maggie, you're talking about, but yeah, um, yeah. Well, look, yeah, I, I think you're right that it's he. He constantly reminds us that it's a horrible existence that 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 any kind of uh, happiness is transient. But um, but I, I think the the interesting thing here, at least to to my mind, is that um, you know, Carl thinks certainly has become one of the more interesting characters in the book, mm-hmm. and. Um, it's it's it you know Kirkman's been using the kids in an, in a neat way I think of of convey you know as a father of young kids I'm sometimes taken aback at uh, how how quickly they can forget like complete parts of their life you know um, like my six year old doesn't really remember ever living in another house which is baffling to me because he lived there for three and a half years you know what I mean it's it's not even been three years since. We moved here, and he really has almost no memory of living anywhere else. So, like, you're seeing that with lots of the kids, but Carl specifically, because he's, you know, I think the, you know, he's one of the main characters. Is that you imagine being in this, like you say, Chris, hopeless world that that has almost no, nothing but transient moments of happiness, surrounded by just grief and death. Imagine being raised in that environment. What it would do to a person, right? Yeah. Because yeah. You know, uh, Kirkman, I think the best thing about this book is the way he plays with the idea of the fragility of of the human condition, you know? Um, Like, we're introduced early on to kind of classic, archetypical evils and good guys, and then pretty quickly he starts playing around the idea that the good guys aren't so good and the bad guys maybe aren't as bad as you think given the circumstances. And so if you think about like what Rick's become uh, versus like what we saw the governor, right? When we first saw the governor, he was despicable, right? And and still is clearly, but you know, Rick isn't that far away from being the governor. I mean, a few more decisions, another year or two of living like this, Mm -hmm. you know, another tragedy. It's, yeah. It doesn't. It's not a big leap to think you could see how a guy could go from point A to point B. You know, um, and the thing I love about Carl is that you know he's this young little boy who clearly was a quote unquote normal, well-adjusted, happy, loving boy, and through the circumstances is just had had become 
a hard, hard person to, to read about. At least, again, as a father, I, I found Carl to be hard to, to, to take at times because you could just see the... He's the, not a little boy anymore. Yeah, the, not only that, but not only that he had to be an adult, but the, <clears throat> the, the, almost the humanity, almost the ability to have compassion, uh, to have any kind of self-worth, almost completely evaporating, um, you know, yeah. to, to to a point where he he almost isn't human in many ways anymore and i i had i had mistake i had referred to him as a i think sociopath is the term i used in the uh in the walking dead thread on the forums and steve bryan had you know disagreed with that and i think ultimately you know i think uh, he was probably right i mean socio- sociopath is a very specific clinical term that uh, probably doesn't apply here but but i was just trying to make the point that um you know for as fucked up as rick and michonne and all these other people are because of what they're living in I think when you have a child who has never had the life experiences or the uh the 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 you know the ability to sort of test his moral boundaries or to test consequences and figure out things and mature you know to be put in that environment it just it just stains you and so um while all that's cool i i i was when I got to the page where Carl was shot, my initial reaction was disappointment because i the way it's drawn, like Vince said, I, I thought it was just clearly like a drawn so it was to convey, wow, Carl's dead. He just got shot. Those are his last words, and Rick's about to lose his shit. Now, it turns out, yeah. ultimately, I don't think that's what happened, right? I mean, they, they by the end of the trade, they indicate they've, they've at least stabilized him. Um, I'm glad to see that only because I, I want to see Carl's journey more. I want to see what this means for him and what this means for Rick. If they had killed him, I would have felt a little bit like we had been there, done that before. I mean, I, I assume eventually anyone that we've read about in this book is going to die or can die. That That's that's the rules. But I would have been disappointed if Carl had just flat out died because I kind of feel like we've taken that journey a couple times now, especially with Rick. I, I, I almost feel like this is Carl's journey as much, if not more, than Rick at this point in a lot of ways. Well, I think now he has the uh, physical scars to go with all the emotional ones because right, he was right. he. I mean, by our standards, and th- and this is the thing I love most about Walking Dead. But by our standards, he's messed up. But those standards don't apply to the world in the book. It's true. When, when the shit hit the fan, all notions of human morality and right and wrong and good and evil, that went all down the, the, the crapper. It does not apply anymore. So right. I, I think Carl's doing pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. For, for a little kid. Think about like Andrea, well, right? Andrea is probably the quote unquote most normal left. Well, maybe Glenn and Maggie, but, but, you know, and think about her. She's scarred, has lost her sister, her family, her lover. Um, you know, and basically has become her life is is to is a, is a sniper. I mean, basically all of her waking moments of the last year, two years, however long they've been on this journey, have been sniping zombies. Right, <laughs> that's her whole existence. Mm-hmm. And yet, yeah. in the context of the book, she's kind of got one of the more normal existences. Yeah. What are we? We had mentioned it right, kind of at the beginning about how the the town it, it was the safety that everyone seemed to be enjoying it just wasn't real the town it wasn't a sweet you know mid-american town and the two people that that knew that that couldn't get past it and had to keep reminding people that it was fake were michonne and carl Mm -hmm. 
you know, if you if you look back at it, and I think that really speaks to those two characters a lot in in how they're just they they're probably two of the most aware characters in the in the book. Yeah, you have to ask yourself what expectations do these characters have? What could they possibly think that they're going to get out of this existence other than another minute breathing? You know, I'm is is it too much to expect to be right relatively safe, relatively happy uh, because at any any moment we've seen anything can happen. You can lose your life like that. And 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 they've seen loved ones torn apart and so uh, all these layers of shit that they keep pile, Kirkman keeps piling on these characters at some point they have to almost resign themselves to the fact that they're living on borrowed time, so why bother? Well, sure. I mean, that's the very nature of the book, right? I mean, that's what the term walking yeah. dead is meant to convey. But So uh, how do they get up in the morning? I mean, is yeah, it, it's got to be hard. Do, well, that's do why, they I appreciate mean, those little things? I mean, mm-hmm. that may, maybe it's, it is the little things that, that, that drive these characters because you're not the big ones because there's no big ones left. Well, I do Go, think it's, it's, it's the ultimate example of... of living for the moment right i mean it, it's uh you guys know um cause i mentioned it before um i i love i love the book the road um mm-hmm. by Cormac mccarthy uh and it's it's a depressing sad isol a book of, of isolation and sorrow i mean there's there's not you know certainly not a feel good mo- uh book um but i i find it very i mean that that plays with it in a much more serious way but it, it plays with the same themes um which is that really i mean this this it's exactly the same. You know, it's a dad and his son in a desolate, barren wasteland where any human they come across is largely probably going to try and kill them or rape them or steal from them. Um, so they're really trying to avoid existence. There's almost no food left, and so I mean, the little moments for I mean, his, his it really is literally hard for them to wake up and want to live, and he's only doing it. To, to give his son the sense of normality and it's like you know when they find a can of beans and they can sit at night and eat it without worrying about getting you know uh, attacked because they're not on the road anymore or playing a board game or having a chance to take a bath like those are moments are his sole reasons to continue on you know and uh uh, not getting too deep because you know I think ultimately Walking Dead you know I think is a, a book to entertain more than anything but it's uh I I think that Kirkman does a great job of playing with those ideas and that's why aside from Carl getting shot which is the big the holy shit moment of the trade certainly I was curious what you guys thought of the of the the subsequent pages of when these all these zombies break in which of course was what they were trying to avoid and then because they had no choice they ended up just all standing around just just beating the shit and take you know killing the zombie or you know taking the zombies out uh to the point until they finally you know basically wiped them all out and uh, had piles and piles of zombies, and then they come to the conclusion of maybe this was ultimately the best thing to do to clean away the walls is just let them in and take them out. And now that we've done it, it's actually not as hard as we thought it would be if we have a plan. And Rick goes on and makes a whole speech about how they're going to stay, they're going to rebuild the walls, this is going to be paradise. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious how you guys took that because I took it to mean like Rick's even further off the deep end now. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and again, is he? What does this mean? I mean, is he going to become even more autocratic? Uh, what What is he hoping to achieve here? Uh, are everyone else going to 
going to heed his words and try and make a go of it again after just yeah. basically trying for like the third time in their existence together and failing? Or, or are they going to be like, well, no, I'm out? You know, I'm, you know, I'm thinking of it, you know, as the, the viewer being entertained. And then I'm also thinking of it as what is, what is Kirkman's plan? What is Kirkman going to do? Because I mean, we've seen them go, from place to place and it was the the difference in places that they were going that kind of kept the book fresh but now they've done that so many times that does he want to keep them in one area and and, and kind of play with that for a while and introduce new people you know through the town or are they going is something you know terrible going to happen and then they're going to be out on the road again you know i don't know what i want as a as a viewer i think staying in that location after what they've just experienced is insane did he leave right so what i'm asking is no 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 i i do you think kirkman's supposed are you supposed do you think he means for you to think that or do you think i don't i don't i don't know but uh David's gone. Um, the I don't think it was a reproducible event. Like uh, um, Rick just saw his son get mortally wounded, and so that adrenaline fueled massacre that followed. He's not going to be able to reproduce that kind of activity. It, it, that I think that was a once in a lifetime uh, supercharged event where he was he was acting on the uh, the 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 moment. And uh, so to consider that town or that that enclosure would be relatively safe in in the future, it's 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 insane. If it happened once, it's going to happen again. They, they they we know they could build a double layer wall, and those zombies are still going to get through. I was because of some kind of human fallibility from within the the, the the city. That's what caused this one. Who's to say it's not going to happen again? What if somebody goes bug fuck crazy and just opens the gate? Well, it will, and that's what that's what keeps that's what keeps yeah. the series entertaining. Is that you never know where the next threat is going to come from internally or externally. It, it does so, keep yeah, it fresh. I, they're, yeah. yeah, they're they're not going to stay there, but I. You know, is it going to be Carl's death that that precipitates David them? David wants you to put, bring him in. Yeah, I know he's getting all getting all nasty. We'll get him. Yeah. I got him. Hang on. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I gotta say, back to the uh, the road, Jason, that that you love to bring up, and I can't really, I can't watch the movie. I've tried, but I I do absolutely do not subscribe to that animalistic cutthroat vicious outcome to uh whatever apocalypse the the that these authors devise i think humanity has a lot more heart and soul than that for instance um you have obviously never been to a monster truck rally <laughs> yeah i mean but, I, I no but i, I, I give I, you credit i i happen to ascribe to it in a big way though i i, I okay just, now, just for an example, yeah. I mean, I, I know this is a situation very far removed from an apocalyptic type situation, but it could have been because the people involved in it didn't know whether it was going to be or not. Uh, remember the blackout in New York? What was it? 93? I was going to bring up the blackout as an example of why I don't think it's 
Gummy Chudika had the Raiders. I was smack dab in the middle of that blackout. As soon as we pulled into the parking garage to go to our, our hotel, all the lights in the parking garage went off. So we didn't think, we didn't know what was going on. We walked to the hotel and, and, you know, we noticed traffic lights weren't working with them. What the hell's going on? We get to the hotel, power's out. That's the first day we got there. We stayed there until the, the, the weekend was over. The power came back on and the, the hotel where we were was not like uh, a five star hotel. It was decent, but they were handing out water. They were, they were taking care. They, they would take people off the street and let them because it was friggin' hot. That day, yeah. they would they would let people sit in their lobby and experience whatever kind of the the residuals from their air conditioning. We were walking the streets at a, at I mean it was pitch dark and there were people with flashlights and candles and it, you would not be able to tell that it was a distressed situation because people weren't acting like it. There was no looting, there, there well, at least not where we were. I mean we were we were right off Central Park. And and we got home, and my wife said, "You know, that could have been a really bad situation." But I have to admit, they those New Yorkers did not act in the manner that one would think they would, given the opportunity to just go run roughshod over the whole damn city and just take what they wanted. They didn't. They acted like human freaking beings, and that's what I'm saying. I, now, when the food starts to run out, maybe, right. may, yeah. maybe, yeah, maybe yeah, it would get exactly, a little. I was going to say two two things. One, I I too was. Uh, who knew we could have been hanging out? We didn't know each other then. Uh, I was also there for the blackout, um, and uh, uh, I like millions of other people commute out of the city, so I was stuck uh, with probably a hundred thousand other people around the port authority, and they wouldn't open the port authority because they didn't know if they could run vehicles through the tunnels. Um, so I was there for like eight hours hanging out, and then they finally ran buses through the tunnel to uh, Giant Stadium. Where they were going to have uh, was going to serve as the the main bus depot to get everybody home, and when we got there, um, I saw complete savagery. I, I was we were wow. trying to line up to to get in line for a bus, and a bus pulls up, and uh, a woman probably in her late seventies who was in the front of the line is trying to get into it, and a man my age literally pushes her down to get on the bus first. Which then, of yeah. course, prompted some. Well, I mean, I mean, come on, Jace. That that's New Jersey, though. Well, what, yeah. I mean, jokes aside, though, I'm saying it's, <laughs> it's, it's uh, <laughs> uh, it ended up being a, a a huge deal, and people started trampling each other. Uh, and I was at that moment thinking, God, you know, there really is a fine line between complete, you know, societal calm and chaos. And while I agree with you, those eight hours in New York actually were impressive from that regard, and I, I still remember that vividly. Especially the first two were kind of almost neat in a way. Um, I think to the fact that, like, you know, in sports, like, think the Canucks lost the Stanley Cup, and there were freaking riots, cars being yeah. turned over, set fire, looting because they lost the fucking Stanley Cup. And I don't, it's not just a Vancouver thing that happens in lots of cities um, when teams lose or win sports championships. Uh, but, but I mean, really, what we're talking about here is. I mean, I, I think those are very mild examples. Again, those are stressful, but only for a few hours. I mean, people really aren't put out. But let's talk about the 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 banal uh, and 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 some of the things that go on in in third world countries that that are having massive food oh, yeah. shortages. I mean, you know, right. people literally will slit throats for uh, a bag of rice. I mean, for you know, there's massive corruption. Just the idea of I mean, you know, being able to have a roof over your head. And so we're talking about environments that, like, Stephen King have set up with The Stand or, uh, or, or McCar you know, uh, Cormac McCarthy did with The Road or, you know, what Kirkman's setting up. But you're talking about worlds where, I mean, literally, I mean, 
there's almost no chance of existing or living. So I, I, I honestly have to think that that savagery would. You mentioned animalistic. I think that's, I think that's actually biological to a sense. I mean, we have this biological need to survive. We have a biological imperative to protect our young. Um, so you know, but it's one of the things that that well, Kirkman is is setting up in the book is that. If any of those situations do occur, if we get a few food storage because of all the flooding, uh, you know, the radiation leaks, whatever the case, when, when, when the shit hits the fan, the only thing that's going to save you, this, this rogue warrior maverick type existence, it, it's not going to work. The only thing that's going to keep you safe is to find other people like you and band together. And and well, naturally, I mean, that, you're going to have that may, that may be the theme of what's going on now, because that is exactly what led to Carl getting shot was Rick basically saying, this is about me and my son, and I don't care about anyone else. It is about us and our safety, period. So, mm-hmm. but it's not right. So I will I will throw you to the zombies if it means that I can protect my son, and that's right. what he does, and 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 he pays the price for it. And in, from our yeah. from, from the storytelling perspective, I have to give give Kirkman great props there because in the issue I'm in Page's issue whatever you know he's he's basically imploring Jesse who's his new lover and to bring for her and Ron to go with Carl and he and Vamoose from the city. And she's like, well, we can't do that. Everybody else. And he says, you know, big splash page, you know, uh, you know, what choice do we have? Uh, you know, keep in mind about other people's children is they're not our children. And that's supposed to be like this horrible thing. Like, oh, how could you say that, Rick? And then what happens, right? He says that to her trying to get her to leave. And then what happens? He ends up sticking with his crew and surviving. But at what cost? He throws Jesse and Ron, the people he was basically saying we have to stick together to the, to the zombies in order to, make sure he yeah. saves his son, right? So it's like, I, I thought that was a great use of of not only reinforcing that Rick really believes that, but also showing that, like, you know, it's ev- it's every man and his children for himself. And it's like, uh, it's like the real, you know, it's uh, alliances are meant to be broken, right? It's like, you know, you're, you're, you're useful to me until you're not. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. it, it was freaking, you know, seeing, seeing him slice off her hand to freaking... <laughs> to you know to uh or her hand gets sliced off to to free carl was was an impressive an impressive yeah. sight I have to say. and i i think it was a, a brilliant use of um typography when carl just said dad and it was so tiny this he he managed to eke out this little plea wow. for his father and it was it, the, the the word balloon was pretty big on the page david and the dad was this little, little tiny yeah. little tiny yeah, speck right in the middle. yeah it was beautiful really well done but uh jason i i'm opening i'll give you an invitation when the when the 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 poop does hit the oscillator i'm going to be a yeah. hell of a leader in my neck of the woods so if you would like to come to my compound Aww. i will take you in nice dude that's yeah cool. yeah I, now, I, go, go ahead, ahead. No, because I was going to get somewhere else, and I'll let you finish. No, I was just going to say, uh, I, I've thought about that. If we had sort of a, an apocalypse, whether I would need to get out of, out of Dodge where I live, and I think I would because I, uh, I have too many too many windows and doors, I think. Yeah. Wouldn't be able to protect the property. They'd be able to roll up in here. So, Well, that's well, any you know, property, kinda, really. Kind of staying, staying on that theme. Uh, and, and maybe switching up here. Uh, did you guys watch Falling Skies That's this last week? Talk about oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, 
Kind of same it, thing. It did not. Same it, it is. No, it's it's uh, but it's it's. I guess I don't know if Walking Dead becomes this later on because I was going to ask about the compound if there's um what 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 kind of hierarchy there is and if I mean I know you guys talk about the governor and and of course Rick was was sheriff or deputy and and so I, I don't know what you know how the rankings go and and who's in charge of what but I enjoyed I watched the first of all it, it it always irks me and I know why they do this for syndication for advertising I hate that if you're advertising a two hour special episode it's really just two hour episodes but. It's the yeah. It was the first two episodes, yeah, right? But I was and, okay with that. Yeah. It's fine. And David, the, kick, kick the volume up, buddy. The uh, the second episode was uh, second half. I, I thought it was great, and it was it's it's I guess it's unique in the sense that at least for me that it's not just civilians banded together because it's the the, the way the resistance, if you want to call it that, is breaking down. Is is that there are soldiers or, or military personnel with uh, a, a large group of civilians traveling. And, and, and I like that idea. And the it's second, Battlestar Galactica. Okay, so, you know, I, didn't, I, I didn't see the yeah. new series, so I'm not sure. You know, I, I really don't have anything to pair it to so much. I mean, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really enjoying the show, and I, I wanted to bring it up because I did read the, um, the I think it was a webcomic at first, but I read the first, I read the four issues that the Dark Horse comics iPad app, as I don't know if they still do, but they had issues one through four available for free, and it's pretty much a prequel to the show, and it, it does end right where um, right where the first episode kind of begins, and it was uh, it, it's it's just I'm I'm going to stick with it for now. I, I thought the show was was well done in, in that regard. I mean, it's it's science fiction, and I'm not I mean I'm not, I mean it's it it almost pretty much did wash the taste out of my mouth from uh, the, that craptacular um, Tom Cruise version of uh, War of the Worlds. Nice. <laughs> nice. I think that was that. Was that bad. Oh, we were all scratching. Oh, oh no, it was that bad. Uh, I li- yeah, I liked it. I mean, um, I think there's some things we all have our, 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 our uh, little uh, peccadillos, things that we can be snobby about or choosy and, and those other kinds of things that we just kind of Roll with, and I think this is in an area of the of fiction and and uh, story type that I'm pretty easy with. Like I I adored Jericho, even though it was definitely a flawed show. I I, I very much enjoyed it, and uh, uh, you know I was super gung ho for the V remake. Although again, that yeah, like, yeah. fell very I flat. But I, yeah. yeah, I was definitely on board to give it a try. Um, so I, I was expecting to like this. Um, I had somehow managed to avoid like any, I don't know how, I, but I managed to avoid like any preview notes. Other, all I knew about it was that it was Spielberg produced about alien invasion with Noah Wiley in it. That's the only things I knew. Yeah. And I sold Beth on it. I was like, Hey, Noah Wiley's in a new show. TNT does love that Noah Wiley. Yeah, yeah. So, so she was like, All right, cool, we'll try it. And she enjoyed it too, which is interesting because she usually doesn't go for that stuff. Like, she didn't get in a battle star with me. She didn't, she tried one episode of V, didn't stick with it. She didn't like Jericho. So I was surprised that she enjoyed this, but she said actually she's on board for it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was well done. I mean, um, I, I think I could see the similarities to, uh, to The Walking Dead in the sense that it's, I think ultimately this story is probably going to be much more about the humans and the human condition. Surrounded by a, you know, with the aliens and the status quo kind of being an an, uh, an engine for that, then it's going to be about 
fighting aliens per se, but uh, but no, I liked it. I, I and I, I thought there were some some cool aspects to it. I thought the special effects were pretty good for a TV mm-hmm. show. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. some of those like the walkers mm-hmm. and stuff, and um, uh, you know, there. I mean, there were little couple things. I, I couple little things really wasn't kind of quite grooving. Like I, I guess I wasn't quite sure like how these aliens could be flying all around and you could see them in the sky flying on other ships and they could like drop these little mini nukes to take people out and then like but seemingly it was okay for hundreds of people to walk out in the middle of the day through <laughs> suburbs like i didn't quite get yeah. that but i just rolled with it because you kind of got to do that with science fiction you just kind of got to accept there's certain things that might not fit and i just went with it and once i got past it i was like all right this is cool whatever um but no i, I, I enjoyed it so far i mean i i think it's it's, it's a um I like the idea of, I guess, getting rid of the older folks and and it's kids that get harnessed or, or that they're basically that they're hurting or the skitters and the mechs just pretty much want children. And uh, so, so, what do you guys think of that? I mean, what do you think the point of that is? I Labor. I th- I think Small that that the what the the skitters is that what they're called the skitters are are the ones that you're, you don't it's the mechs which are the robots and then the skitters are the uh, the arachnids. and 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 they they alluded they talked about it i don't think that the six-legged aliens are the top of the food chain i think you're right i think they're like the pets I, or the beasts i think, I, I, I think I, they're I th- enslaved i think ahead. they have Things attached to them that control them, just like the kids have attached to them. Yep, yep. And I think that uh, I think that the 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 true alien invaders might be a lot more like humans than than has been That's revealed, and that 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 might be why they are you know harnessing the the, the oh, human children. They, oh, like the DNA children or They'll be the or the children will be uh, the hosts maybe, to, to something in it, interesting. Yeah. So, but I mean, it, Will Patton's in it. I, I absolutely adore Will Patton. But Will Patton's favorite scene for me ever is, is from Armageddon, where he's talking to his ex-wife, telling that you know he's got something big kind of coming up, and then uh, and see and the I, dude that's also been gone in sixty seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't. I. Don't think about it when it's seconds too much. Uh, <laughs> I, I I thought it was I I like the I mean there are other things I do like about it. It's, it's just things where it makes sense in context. Like uh, when when the aliens got here, they targeted the military bases, and 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 they're setting up. It, basically, you walk into traps if you go to the supermarkets or or, or you go to the ammunition stores and and things. Like, and it's just like it's like that. That makes sense, but but I mean we're establishing it so early. I mean we don't know how unless they actually said it. I don't know how long the aliens have been here on the planet. Um, it's it's sometime in the very near future. That much I know. But it's well, it's, we know it's been less than eight months. Okay, so because um, they say that the old because he wants his birthday party and oh. then he says, "Well, you got one," and he said it was eight months ago, and then he said, "Well, that was you know." So we know that it's right. in the yeah, last eight months. Nice. So it's you know we're hitting the ground running. We're already established. I mean, where these people are trying to buy. So I mean that, that that's fine. And, it's, and I do like that. Cause I don't I don't need to live through. I, I basically I, I just like already being immersed in in this environment. And, and now we're just we're moving forward from here. We're not. I, I don't I don't need to know everything that was done leading up 
to, to this moment. I'm 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 fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, just throw us right into it. Yeah. Okay. How about if I throw you into something? What you got? I got comics. What? No. Remember? Oh, yeah. You do comics? <laughs> yeah, this was who, who sent you these? This was uh, <laughs> actually it was sent sent to me by Wolf. <laughs> It wasn't that funny. It wasn't that funny. Uh, sent to me by Will Pfeiffer because oh, he wrote because he wrote it. Thanks, and, Will. And uh, <laughs> well, he knew I ordered it. He knew he, I ordered it because he yelled at me for ordering it at at uh, you know, He was like, "Why did you order it?" I said, like, "Why did I order it?" Pfeiffer wrote it. Jill Thompson drew it. It's yeah. the yeah. Uh, four issue uh, finals. Miniseries oh, okay. published under this really cool Vertigo Resurrected uh, format, oh, which you, you get a hundred page pages of comics, uh, f- uh, the equivalent of a four issue miniseries originally published at two ninety nine a piece, I think, because it, it was published in ninety nine, so that may not be two ninety nine a piece. Maybe it, I don't know what the original cover price was, but you get four comics for seven ninety nine cover price. That's crazy good, especially if you get it at a store that offers a discount, even like better. DCBS, yeah, like I did, or if you just get it from free from the author, but anyway. Right. So it's called Finals. Uh, it's, uh, it's a collegiate story of a school. Listen to this. Shoot the big words. In, in uh, 1948, uh, Knox State nuclear physics major Skip Heller became the first student to construct a working atomic bomb. Oh, Skip, you dip, we dip. Thinking himself on the fast track to fame and fortune, Skippy asks his girlfriend Mary to become his wife. But, uh-oh, all of that time that he devoted to the construction of the bomb left little time in his life for romance. So uh, this pushed Mary into the arms of another. His offer was declined. Skippy goes off the deep end, taking his emotional turmoil out on the town by detonating the bomb obliterating Knox State and the city in the process. Hmm. So we have a dude caught in the periphery of the blast, a young uh, maimed and scarred Michael Woolrich, who works his way up the ranks and eventually becomes president of the rebuilt Knox State. Uh, he Woolrich has a Darwinian approach to education, uh, very extreme. Uh, the school's motto is strength through study. Uh, it's a no holds barred, vicious, cutthroat, immoral, yes, immoral academic program where yeah. might makes right, no matter what the cost. These kids will do anything to uh, succeed in this this environment. Uh, for example, you have uh, a senior criminal justice major named Dave Oswald, who uh, <laughs> seeks to ace his final exam by committing a string of armed robberies. This guy hits uh, 7-Elevens or convenience stores or liquor stores within this little college town, uh, and he's pretty uh, upfront about it. He'll he will in most cases, you know, because he gives his friend money, and the money's all covered with blood. He's like, hey, I come into some money, and there's well, that's his, his rent money. Yeah, the money's yeah, dripping with blood, and, uh, uh, and speaking of his friend, the 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 main protagonist, uh, Willie Marrer, who I'm guessing is is our buddy Will. Uh, he's a senior in film studies. We all know Will's uh, penchant for film. Uh, desperately searches to capture an example of what he calls hyper cinema verite, which is a reality show taken to the extreme where a person or persons are filmed in a moment of extreme emotional distress. 
according to him, thereby revealing the true faces of humanity. Uh, it's really neat because uh, Pfeiffer slyly includes what was purported to be a real-life example of this, the infamous Faces of Death series, a favorite nice. of mine. Yeah. We, we, it's the, the Faces of Death, Volume 3, I think it is, is actually part of, Willie's, of Wally's final exam. Yeah. So you have a school that includes exploitation films in the curriculum. Sign me up right now. Okay. Uh, Wally has a girlfriend named Nancy Bierce. She's a, a major in comparative religions, and she's created a cult of gun-toting underclass women who worship her every move. She, she's followed, to, to mention like the Stepford Wives again, by these, these women uh, who all kind of sort of resemble her. They, 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 they mimic the way she dresses and the way she does her hair to a certain extent, and, and they will defend her as we will see, like to the death, they will murder for her. Yeah. They, yeah, they'll do anything for their, their, the, their quote, what do they call her? Mother, not mother, mother superior. Uh, mother, um, well, mother beers, mother beers. So yeah. And, uh, you know, mother but bitches. The, the best part, I, I thought you have a theoretical engineering major named Tim Pike, who's created a working time machine in his dorm. Well, in the living room of his <laughs> dorm, uh, which leads to the death of his future self when dumbass Dave unwittingly puts a bullet in his head. He's, his future self is coming out of the time machine. Dave's right. waving the gun around, blah, 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 and he blows half of his head off. So Tim spends the, the remainder of the four issues racing against his own demise. He, he's carding... You left, out my, huh. you, left, you left out my favorite one. Well, I'm not done. Uh, okay, he, 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 he carts his future carcass around in hopes of convincing his professor that he has solved the riddle of time travel. They do uh, dental analysis, DNA tests and everything. And, uh, well, I won't spoil that part of it, but he's, he's trying to convince his professor, look, I, I traveled in time. I got my body right here. He's keeping it. There's one part where they open up the trunk of the car and there's like big bags of ice and his yep. dead body is in the, 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 the trunk of his car. It's, and who did I leave out? Um, are you talking about the the guy that tries to devolve? Devolves, yeah. Gary Skelton. Well, yeah, Gary Skelton. That, that's, but my favorite one is the guy that his final project is to destabilize a Middle Eastern country oh, and start yeah. a revolution oh, with, 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 not, with yeah with nothing but a telephone and uh, and credit cards, which <laughs> yeah. we we know anyone that has gone to college knows that you have you have readily available access to uh, multiple credit card companies that will that will give you lines of credit, and so so he starts uh, he starts a revolution in the Middle East with a uh, with uh, credit cards, basically funding the the war effort, and that was that was probably my favorite one. But uh, yeah, all these are are final exams, and right. which hence the name of the of the book. And there's a section in here that that made me laugh because uh, there's a theater of the Grand Guignol, and that's basically what the entire miniseries is. It's Grand Guignol. It's 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 these really uh, in your face. Uh, I, I don't. Some of the things in here, I don't even know if, if it, it's so far beyond the realms of reality. It's even scary, but but it's played for comedic effect. It's not. Will's not shooting straight with this. I mean, it's it's uh, tongue in cheek and and done for um, half a laugh and have to make you cringe i think and and well, when i think he's, he's he's talking about the the 
ridiculous. Well, he, he's partly celebrating and 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 partly criticizing the the ridiculous nature of college and the get ahead at all costs. But there's also this amazing amount of creativity from these people that are in this the small bubble of existence. I mean, college, if you think about it, that was the last time in our lives that we were surrounded by people that were all about the same age. And right. it was an incredibly fun and creative and wild time, but it was also fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and, and one of my favorite parts of that book is when the 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 roommate who's on the crime spree, the the uh, Dave. the the yeah the criminal justice major. What happens to him whenever he goes outside of the college bubble? Whenever he leaves the campus to commit to gets, commit a crime, he gets fucked up. He gets fucked up because it's like, <laughs> oh, you know what? This ain't college. This is right. you're you're in a townie bar, and yeah. we don't put up with this shit. And so it, I thought that was a great moment of you know what college is this thing that totally just washes over you, and it's all consuming, and everything is so immediate whenever you're in college, but the world still keeps moving on while you're there. And and I thought that was that was a great moment of yeah. that. So that's what I did. I, I closed the cover on this after I finished the, the last issue, and 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 I I had asked myself, what is Will trying to say with this? Is 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 it a comic book equivalent of exploitation films like Class of Newcomb High? Have you ever seen that out of trauma, sure. or, or or Class of 1984? Is it social satire? Is it is it a comedic commentary on the extremes, like you said, of our higher education sin, uh, system, or is it all of the above? It's almost like Will created this really clever premise, a.k.a. the world of finals, as a playground for these characters. Unleash them, let them run out, and, and just just like a literary experiment in extremes. Let's just see where these characters take the story, because it's really character-driven. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He, he probably just sat back and said, okay... All right, here's I have the first issue written. Let's see what happens. Where are these characters going to push me? As and opposed and, and, to how am I going to manipulate these characters yeah. to to make to to for my goal, it just seems to me where these characters are so natural na, la, 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 natural and you know, he just let them he unleashed them. He let them go. It's I like it's it's a great little book and I kind of I'll be honest, I I that they sat around and they came up what? with all of these crazy stories. That that had happened to both of them in college. We only uh, caught half of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's I talked to Will about this a little bit, and and Jill Thompson was you know kind of a part of of coming up with some of this as well, uh, as far mm. as I know. And it was you know kind of them it, it, taking every goofy college experience and then. And then putting it on steroids, you know, yeah. and then ramping it up and and making it even crazier. You know, speaking of steroids, it, it, Jason, mm-hmm. the the, uh, oh, the first couple of <laughs> pages, the, yeah. the, it's a they they play a game called ring ball, which is that's my kind, favorite. Kind of resembles the. the have you ever seen uh, Road to El Dorado? You know the Aztec game of, um, and I'm going to screw the pronunciation up. Ula Malitzi. 
Ula Malilitsi. When they there's a ring on the side of the wall, and yes. they mm-hmm. you, and you, it, traditionally yep. the losing team would be killed. Yeah, and uh, so these these genetically augmented the, uh, kids progenitors of. Uh, Quidditch for you, Harry Potter fans. Right, uh, are, are playing this <laughs> ring ball, and uh, I think it was um, Nancy who said, "Well, aren't they going to kill the losers?" And and uh, her, Wally says, "Well, no, this is not a bowl game, you know." So it's like <laughs> eventually the nice. uh, the the team would get killed. But it's it's funny that the opening uh, uh, passage, you have a, a guy and his girl, and he's he's on the team because he's wearing a Letterman's jacket, and he hulks out. He he gets colossal his muscles just yeah. balloon and he's holding her by the by the yeah, arms he said like bane uh yeah, 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 yeah. bigger yeah. than bane yeah. right and he's so he's squeezing her and and he go he his mind just snaps he goes totally at, totally out of ballistic and he's grabbing her by the neck and flinging her around yeah. and if you look at the one panel it's in complete silhouette he rips her head right off her neck yeah, <laughs> and and then you have a criminal justice was it uh criminal justice major that wants to take him down for his final so it's like everybody <laughs> is using everyone yeah, else to friend, further yeah, themselves exactly it's yeah whether it's campus security or the football team or the criminal justice major or the film major everybody everybody's on their way to their final the final track. exam and it's it's just and it's it's over the top and you, know, you mentioned jill thompson and i think this she is part of this book. It, it, her art makes this work. I really can't picture anybody else yeah. in this story. With, with yeah, Jill. Uh, but you got to admit the traditional Jill Thompson. What we've what we expect out of Jill Thompson is present in the covers. Yeah, but in the guts of the book, I think she's working a little uh, Kevin O'Neill. It looks. Uh, I mean, there's there's a real Kevin O'Neill vibe O'Neil, to it. This and Tim Sale. There's, there's a little bit of um. Yeah, there's there's a whole lot going. Because on. it's, it's not painted, it's, obviously. It's, it's, it's closer. It's closer her to her style that you that she used in the Invisibles. It's that it's that early two thousands kind of vertigo style. Yeah, it's you know, not that, it's not scary godmother. Yeah. You know, it feels, right? No, it feels very indie. And and as far as the characters, I mean, this this ends the way. It, it kind of fucked really up does last issue. The end. It, 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 well, I mean, but it's it's not like I mean, I you said you put this down. And you thought about you know everything that was in it, and and when I got to the end of it, I didn't I didn't feel cheated. I didn't feel that anything was rushed. I didn't feel that anything was overlooked. It just it, no. it's 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 a complete story, and it works, and and it really ends the way it. It has to end. There's no. See, I thought the last issue just went completely off the rails, and and that's what I expected, kind of, yeah, because most, when, most, when you most. have these these you know supercharged events that are way beyond. You know, it was the, it was the, the it was the last twenty minutes of Animal House. Times ten. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it was it's the the last issue's crazy. It's not a feel good yeah. ending at all. <laughs> but no, it's pretty no. it's pretty damn cool. I I I really I regret not buying it when it came. Well, no, I don't because I got it from Will. But I wish I had read this a, a long time ago. It was really good, it really exceptionally is. good. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to mail it to me. And why the hell <laughs> is is Will Pfeiffer not? present in the new dcu are you people the, insane the, the, do we need to go through that list of who's not present at the new dcu i know i know okay. but they can't hire everybody but jesus he's so good that was yeah, that was will's first published work by the way was it really really yeah impressive good for him. hang it low 
you like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, to get back to the bottle cap thing from this this lion's head, every Don't twist it. Uh, they, no, it's different. The underside of this bottle cap is different than the first one, so there there is a collectible kind of kind of deal going on here. There we go. What else we got? We got to fill this up. We've spent a lot of time on Walking Dead. The show notes are going to be like two lines. It's true. Um, Chris, let's tag team, baby. Um, I would love to talk about Baltimore, the place. Yeah, babe. Let's do it. I would love to do it. Um, Is maybe the best best way to describe this as the perfect Hellboy book for people that don't want to read about Hellboy? Uh, sure. Yeah, why not? It, you know, it's uh, it's there. Th- you know, thematic. I guess tonally, it's this is Mignola doing what he does in Hellboy, but this is a different character. It's it's you know, what Lord Baltimore, mm-hmm. and uh, he is uh, a vampire hunter at the uh, basically just after the end of World War One, and he is a, a, a total total badass and yeah and, and this dope. was so this was originally a character that appeared in a prose novel that Mignola mm-hmm. wrote about the which character. I st- which I still Cold need to write yeah yes a, with uh, Michael or, Golden yeah or, no 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 oh, Christopher, Christopher Golden Christopher Golden Christopher Golden yeah, yeah, got my Goldens mixed up. Yeah, um, which I, I I've started reading that thing a couple times and have never followed through on it. I need I definitely want to read it now because I, I like hate when that happens. Like, oh yeah, you just start and yeah, just never yeah. never finish mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, I, that's yeah, interesting I, you say that really because I I did not read the book, never really thought to in fact, and then but after reading this uh, this collected edition, I I now I'm curious to read the book because I I did find the character quite engaging. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, is, but yeah, so he's he, like you said, he's a he's a vampire hunter in the uh, I guess in the vein of a Van Helsing. Um, but uh, he, he's well, what year does this take place in? Right, it's right after World War One. Okay. Yeah, it's but uh, kind of an alternate timeline because World War One kind of ended because of the the uh, vampire infestation. Is right, is what they just got. like in the real world? Yeah. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so it's like it's what uh, nineteen eighteen or so. Yeah, I don't is, know if they, if they do give the year. I don't recall from from, but it, it's right after the war. So yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, he uh, um, he's a, a a soldier in the, the British Army, right? He's British, and uh, basically in one of the trench warfare battles. He's uh, he's wounded pretty badly and wakes up to see uh, these uh, bat, um, huge vampire bats feeding on these dead and dying soldiers, and he uh, he wakes up to uh, fight them off, and uh, what kills kills a few of them, and this uh, the the big bad vampire uh, makes it known that uh, that he has started a war. And that you know, up until that point, the vampires had been had been happy to uh, to feed on the sick and the dying. But but Baltimore had started a war between the vampires and humanity, and so Baltimore thinks, and maybe rightfully so, that he is the person that has brought 
this plague onto the world that is just laying waste to the um, to the known world and uh and so yeah he it's uh he's on his way to uh to track down the vi- vampires and and end the war yeah and, and mm-hmm. the uh the big bad the uh vampire is uh is named Hagus but i wondered mm-hmm. if that's a play on haggis which is for you Scotsman out there a uh, Classic uh, Scottish dish that's made of uh, basically sheep yeah. organs. Not yeah, very good livers. dish. Yeah. 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 No, uh, no. So I was. I don't know if it just it's when I read it, I was like, "Haggis, that's hilarious." But I mean, I, it's actually Haggis. But I just it's, it was funnier to me as I was reading, thinking that the vampire was named Haggis. But uh, it's neither here nor there. But I just, <laughs> I just can you do me a favor and call him Haggis for the rest of the commentary because that's no. funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, yeah, he. Uh, Lord Baltimore. Uh, Chris alludes to Lord Baltimore. You know takes out Haggis's eye and uh, scars him and uh and and we're sort of thrust into the moment where he's caught back up with this particular vampire it's the one that he really wants to get at and uh and it's awesome it's it's classic Mignola you know he he uh he he's you're, he thrusts you into this world of vampires and then they they are scrambling to escape from Lord Baltimore and and they escape uh onto a zeppelin which is awesome oh, and neat. uh and and Baltimore's got like a million weapons, but he he I think his most distinctive one is a giant harpoon, uh, and he throws the fucking harpoon, uh, and he uh, he throws it through one of the vampire creatures that when he's in like giant bat form, and one of the weirdest things because you know certainly uh, the vampire trope is very popular. You know we've talked about it. You've got long gone are the days when you when every vampire story was uh, beholden to the. Uh, to the to the Bram Stoker rules of vampirism, you know, there's all kinds of different vampires now. There's the Twilight vampires, and you know, they're the glitter, glowy, glittery ones that go out in the day. There's the uh, the True Blood vampires, which you know, the, the, the authors now are taking a lot more liberty with with what vampires can mm-hmm. and can't do. So I thought it interesting. For the most part, it looks like these are relatively quote unquote traditional vampires, but then all of a sudden. Um, Baltimore is chasing yeah. this group of vampires, and he throws his harpoon through a giant bat creature. And this is again something that can only really be done in in a comic versus the written form. They show the giant bat creature getting impaled, and um, uh, out flies its mouth—a red bird, like out of the mouth of the, the like bat. a little yeah, like a little sparrow. Yeah, yeah. And we come to find out later that that is like the. The, the spirit essence of vampires and that you can't really kill a vampire unless you kill that bird essence and wow. uh, I just thought it was like totally now maybe that's rooted in some other type of uh, mythology that I'm just not aware of it's quite possible knowing, but knowing Mignola it, it probably is it wouldn't surprise right, like some kind me, of Native American thing or something yeah. maybe but, but wow yeah. it was pretty groovy to see because it was definitely something I had never seen and then uh, the other baffling thing is, is, is there later on in the book they're they're on a a a, a boat, a you know a, a sailing vessel, a big a big ship, and um, they start getting into really rough seas, and you look up and there's these fucking gigantic like skyscraper sized flying jellyfish in the sky, <laughs> and it like it's yeah. just awesome Mignola stuff because it really has nothing else to do with the story like the. They're really other than just to remind you that this is this is the Hellboy world. This is a world where, yeah, there's it's not just a world of vampires. It's a world with vampires and devils and plagues and giant alien jellyfish. Yeah. Like there's just all kinds yeah. of crazy shit going on. Like it's just part of the world, you know. 
Yeah, uh, do you think it is the do you think it is the the Hellboy world? Oh, well, or... that's a good question. Yeah, I I you know what I yeah, I may have misspoke. I I assumed it was, but I don't know that they've ever officially Yeah, I mean, it certainly it. could be. It's yeah, yeah I, it I, be. maybe it's the fear agent world. Issue, What's that, David? <laughs> Just reading the first issue, I, I thought it was. Right, yeah, me too. What did you think of the art, Chris? It's uh, by Ben Ben Stenbeck. Yeah, Ben Stenbeck. You know, once again, any any one of the the Mignola Dark Horse titles, they just they kind of seek out these guys that all have the same kind of atmosphere about them. You know, even you know Guy Davis is probably the biggest departure out of out of any of any of the artists, and even his stuff works. But um, yeah, I I really liked it. Yeah, I I thought it was for a Mignola comic fit in perfectly i i like this stuff a lot yeah no, i loved it actually i don't know if i've seen if i've seen ben stenbeck's work before i apologize because i don't remember it but uh but you know right. it, it's 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 so hard with a lot of these artists because i think that whenever they're they're working on a mignola property it 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 just it has that that shadow is kind of cast over it and it kind of takes on the atmosphere of everything that that has surrounded it in in the Hellboy universe. It's like even like what Scott Collins does a a, a BPRD story, and yeah. it even you know even his stuff for that felt kind of you know Hellboyed up a little bit. Like uh, Matthew Smith, who does the uh, a lot of the the Doctor Who yeah. comics. Yeah. I've seen I've seen his his work on, in the in the Hellboy verse, and it's fucking gorgeous. And I, I mean, I like his Doctor Who stuff, but it just seems like every artist that plays in the sandbox just you know levels up and and kind of just becomes a part of of this like pack of artists. It's kind of neat. Yeah, hmm. and and so we should just the the rest of the story basically is is Baltimore um, hooks up with a. A hottie from the small town um, who wants to get out of the town, and they go on a mission to try and track down this uh, the, the haggis and uh, his crew, <laughs> and uh, uh, for, for reasons that we don't have to get into, their uh, the, the ship that they rent or hop or hop aboard uh, uh, goes asunder, and, and they have to they end up on an island, um, and, and the island was it turns out was a uh, a a, uh, a Nazi or not Nazi sorry um was a uh, was a World War One um, submarine depot, and so there's all these sunken ships and submarines and the like, and uh, these dead bodies, and uh, and they notice that there's this purplish fungus, almost coral-looking thing that's growing all around the island, and they track it to. Uh, it looks like it's coming out of a dead vampire carcass body, and um, when they're sleeping, the uh, the fungus opens up almost like spores. And they sprout all over, and as the spores fall on all of these corpses, they become animated zombies, and uh, and seek to attack uh, Baltimore and, and the lady. And so there's just these great scenes of because this was a graveyard for ships. So there's this great scene where rising up out of the water, and Vincey would just love this, or just tons and tons of different uh, zombies, and you know they're in all different manners of decay, and some have barnacles growing on them, and there's 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 uh, animated uh, like like crazy looking uh, deep sea pressurized diving suits and the zombies are in them and, mm-hmm. and there's 
all kinds of Which roofs awesome. on them, and they're yeah, and it's just they're all just coming out of the sea in droves, and uh, and he you know he has they have to try and fend them off. Um, it's it's just great great visuals. Uh, well, you uh, know, and and adding to it, and and why why the the uh, the miniseries is called the Plague Ships is that because of the plague, and and he's in he's in the this port town to begin with, and there's really nothing left but but small fishing ships. At this point, and what he he doesn't even really ask like where are all the where are the tall ships at, and and the uh, the the gal that he ends up kind of partnering up with um, tells him that because of the plague and the amount of dead bodies they've what they've had to load up the large ships with all of the dead bodies and send them out to sea. And those are the the plague ships, and one of these one of these plague ships is on the island, and that has all of these these undead that come out of it as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So just a, a very it's a self contained uh, five issue story. The 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 collected hardcover you know tells the whole story. Um, certainly, there's there's lots more adventures to be had with Baltimore if if they want to, but it doesn't. Um, like with many of of the Mignola works, it's it's a perfectly satisfying story from beginning to end, um, mm-hmm. which I love. I just think that's great because again, this is something. If you're a vampire fan, but don't feel like diving into the BPRD Hellboy universe because it's you know just too big of a commitment, this is a great book. I highly recommend just picking this up. You don't need. Yeah, yeah. they it, did uh, do a follow up to uh, Plague Ships. It is it. It hasn't been collected yet. Then I'm not sure. I, I have this uh, just got solicited, so I can't. Yeah, I have the singles of all these. I haven't gotten around to reading them. Oh, but, it's uh, good. It's good. A little bit of synchronicity. This is weird because you're talking about lords. You're talking about vampires. I read something. Well, I'm halfway through something uh, with lords and vampires in it. Uh, going by the DC 52 list that they they announced, there's one book on there. I vampire. Right, ah, and and, yeah. and I really enjoyed the original series that ran through twenty four issues of uh, House of Mystery from uh, eighty one to I think eighty three. That would be twenty four, right? Uh, so I dug them out because I want to be informed because I can't remember a lot of it. Oh wait, you did uh, these weren't a gift? No, I own them. <laughs> wow, thank you. And uh, I, I dug them out, and I, and I started reading, because I want to be informed when this new series comes out to pick up on the finer points that maybe may allude to the old series that I may not catch because I didn't remember. Uh, written by, and I'm going to massacre it, because I say it one way, and I'm always told it's something other than, than the way I say it. J.M. Dematis, or is it Dematis? Is it Dematis? Okay. Written by J.M. Dematis, drawn by the legend the god tom sutton okay so it ran for 24 issues not consecutively i think there was one or two gaps in the in the 20 24 issue runs but basically it's it's uh lord andrew bennett was a uh a member of queen elizabeth's court uh this is 15 something okay mm-hmm. and uh so uh gets a bit of a reputation in the war against Spain as as uh, he becomes a heroic figure but he doesn't have uh the appetite for war he he did it out of loyalty to the queen uh and probably little else he doesn't enjoy killing he just wants to be left alone to uh experience the world with his woman the queen's handmaiden mary 
and unfortunately, uh, Lord Bennett is bitten by a vampire one night. Mary tells him, uh, you know, I have a real bad feeling about tonight. I don't really think you should go out. Uh, and he, he doesn't believe in such things and dismisses it, goes out, gets bitten by a vampire. And He says, and my he, name is Bennett, and I'm not in it. I'm not in it. And he, and, he, and he succumbs to the traditional vampire malady, needs blood, can turn into a wolf and a bat, you know, the traditional vampire uh, mythology. And he doesn't break off with Mary. And he tells her that he's a vampire, and she's she's curious, like, what is that about? So uh, he bites her and turns her into a vampire, which does not end well because she is, is consumed with the bloodlust and views humanity as cattle and just becomes really evil, and they split. And he spends... So she's cursed and dunced, basically. And, and he spends hundreds of years <laughs> tracking her down because she forms a cult, uh, I think it's called the Cult of the the Blood Blood Red Moon or, or something along those lines. And uh, this series takes place in what was the present day, where uh, Andrew Bennett hooks up with um, a a Russian named Dmitri, who we later find out that he actually saved when 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 Dmitri was a child. He saved him from his mother turned vampire, and it was Mary who turned the mother into a vampire. And and he's he he also um hangs around with a young lady named Debbie who he also saved at Woodstock and had a romantic uh, relationship with her but this series is awesome and i and if if they can do the new series even half as good as this Demetrius Dematis whatever the hell you say it and Sutton collaboration it's friggin fantastic most of the reason why i mean the writing is really cool and it did things that um, you know, your traditionally, uh, penned horror uh, comics, at least mainstream. It was House of Mystery, so it could, it's considered a mainstream horror, um, story. Because he needs blood, uh, JM kind of uh, compares it to alcoholism at one point, where we, we, he will do anything. He's a vampire. He will do anything to, to, to slake that thirst, and he, he keeps. I can understand that. He keeps the human blood in in wine bottles and corks them, and, mm -hmm. and so it's you know the the comparison to alcoholism is there, and there are many social um, issues that that plague humanity. There's racism and uh, a lot of quote controversial topics were were discussed in here. It's really cool, and one of the things I hope we get out of this new series is a reprinting, an omnibus. Of all this, this, uh, that would be great. That would be great because, uh, I'll tell you, the covers, George, uh, Joe Kubert nailed the cover. The, the, the covers to, um, the first issue is 290. It's fantastic. It's, it's very much along the lines of what, what we saw on the cover of one, I think it was issue four of Dracula Lives. He's, he's on a, a parapet on the castle and he's got a woman's body in in his arms and just Joe nails it. Joe's fantastic. But after Kubert, I think Kubert did one, two, two covers, maybe more. Uh, Michael Kaluta comes on. Nails. Oh, I mean, these covers are just beautiful. So yeah, DC, if, if, if the new Eye Vampire brings us anything, let's reprint this old serial because it is, it is just so good. And, uh, he later went on to team up with Batman in The Brave and the Bold. And I think he showed up in, uh, wasn't he in the bar? 
uh, Andrew Bennett was in the bar, that, that bar in Shadow Pact. One of the issues, they had him in the back. Oh, was he? I, I yeah. wouldn't have known the character then, so I wouldn't have... I read that yeah, book, but I didn't... Really I didn't cool, really cool. Uh, and you know what? Uh, the issues aren't very cheap. You would think House of Mystery, not going to be that expensive, but no, they go for... Not huge amounts of money, but if you want to buy all 24 and you're paying five bucks a piece for them, it's going to run you some bucks. So let's reprint mm-hmm. this. So they need to reprint DC. it, yeah. That's right. It, it's just fantastic. Well, Love it. And it's Tom now, Sutton. So just to be clear, the tone of the book is, I mean, is it just kind of straightforward horror similar to like, I mean, is it? It's it's horror, but it's it's the continuing story of Bennett and Mary. And what they did was it, the there's an overarching theme, and then there'll be little stories within just to drive you know the plot the, the different different plots along but so you'll you'll have um a, a story of racism centered on this one town and but Mary somehow involved with her cult you know so so you get the big picture and you get these little tiny vignettes of these character studies it, it it's really cool um and it's are you familiar with Cole Shack the night stalker yes it parts of it do run the risk of the quote monster of the week type thing but it was it was done in 81 to 83 so that was a little bit of the fashion then and and, and uh it's still better written a better written horror serial than most it's really awesome. intriguing and, and what they did was it was really smart they kept house of mystery and anthology i mean these these i vampire stories are maybe 8 to 12 pages in each issue it, they mm-hmm. don't contain they don't consume the entire issue and then they would still have enough room for you know different stories so that was really smart of them to do that so oh so if they just reprinted the i vampire stuff then you're talking yes about- it would probably be say 24 maybe at the most 10 pages a piece so overestimate like 250 40 pages yeah yeah, yeah around there so that's that's not a, a huge trade oh yeah it's just a nice hardcover yep, yep. okay do cool. it do it dc bitches interesting Dude, what else I, we got well i just uh i'll be quick so we can let dap talk but uh i just since we have uh just talked about two vampire books um i'll just throw out real quick that i did uh read the i got the uh hardcover of uh marvel's wolverine and jubilee uh which <laughs> the uh wow. the uh yeah. Four issue limited series. Uh, uh, so, and I bring it up because for those that haven't been paying attention to our uh, friendly neighborhood mutants, uh, Jubilee, uh, Jubilation Lee, um, who was depowered during M Day, uh, is uh, now a vampire. So, what? Yeah. Yeah, she's a vampire. Um, so, oh uh, this uh, book is. Uh, so, she's finally a threat. Yeah. To, oh, do you know, wow. Julian is screaming now. Screaming. Um, the uh, the the good of it is that uh, well, I've always like I you know I kind of came up in that era, so I, I I'm a fan of 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 of, of uh, I'm a fan of hers. Uh, but that being said, um, good news is uh, the art in this book, Phil Noto, nice professional. Oh, I like Phil Noto. Yeah, book looks great. God, I saw the oh, fifth book, issue of book, Infinite book Horizon finally got recently. It's been yeah, book looks great. Vince, um, what was that? Nothing. Uh, the the story. Well, uh, so the book looks great, huh? Yeah, the book looks great. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just I, I think I've just decided that uh, 
fair or not, it strikes me that uh, for as much as her husband may be at the pinnacle of his career, I, I'm not sure that uh, Catherine has, has quite gotten to the top of her, her chosen profession yet. Uh, put it that way. Who's her husband? Uh, Stuart Eminem. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, it's not that the story w- was bad. Uh, it, it's just that it was just there, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't buy this in issues because I thought, oh, this is probably just a, you know, like a Marvel stuff the shelves money grab type of thing. And that's really kind of what it was, to be honest. I mean, you know, I got it, I think, half off from TFAR or something and ordered it, and it's fine. Like I said, the art's nice, but... Uh, but unless you're really, really clamoring to to know a little bit more about Jubes' vampirism and how she's going to keep it in check, uh, you know, I could just tell you I'll save you 25 bucks. Um, for for now, uh, they're, they're transfusing her with Wolverine's blood every now and then. Um, oh, that's kind of cool. It is. Because, um, you know, he's obviously with his healing power can kind of be pretty much don- donate blood every day. Um, but, yeah, that's that. But she's just really bitchy now and she's unhappy and um, they're Aww. trying to suppress her. She's an angsty killing instinct. Yeah. So, um, see, that just makes me uh, brings up the point. If you get one really cool concept out of a miniseries like that, like Wolverine donating blood to keep Jubilee out of the the uh, you know the vampire plague, isn't that doesn't that make the, the whole miniseries uh, for better or worse worth it? That's a cool concept. Uh sure. You don't see it that way? I mean... Well, yeah. No, no, it is. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that that's cool. Like, I get... You're right. There is a takeaway from it. Sure. Um, uh, you know, ultimately, the question is, was it worth... Uh, right. Did it need more know, issues to tell The 20 that. bucks that you would have paid, well, or, you know, sounds discount to read this, this story. Could it have been done in one um, exercise so issue? In, in a Marvel Comics present material. Yeah, yeah. Or or even certainly, I think... I mean, this is just an extension of, of the status quo of Jubes in, uh, in, in X-Men. She became a vampire in the arc of X-Men where right, right. Dracula's son, Zerus, comes back and they attack mutants because he's, he's united all the vampire tribes of the Marvel Universe. He wants to uh, turn the uh, X-Men into vampires, too, so he'll have you know their powers to, to use. And, uh, and of course, the X-Men prevail, but, but uh, during that, he, he, he gets Jubes into becoming a, uh, a vampire because you know she's not a mutant. She's just hanging out with them. Um, Vince, I have to say the one thing about the collected edition that uh, you would like is uh, they they probably because they needed to f- fill the pages they reprint issue number two forty four of Uncanny, uh, which is uh, you take a care to take a guess who penciled it. What was the number? Two forty four. That's either Silvestri or Bing, Bing. Yep, yeah. Silvestri. yeah yeah. Hmm. I love him. You know what? Speaking of X-Men, um, I, I looked at some of the preview art for Schism, is it? And uh, particularly the new costume for Rogue. I love it. I, I think it's brilliant putting giant X's on each one of her boobs. Isn't that? <laughs> because, I mean, I'm looking there anyway. There might as well be the traditional X <laughs> on, on, the, on the boobs. They're really cool. Whoever designed that, they're like, you know what? Fuck it. She's That's mom. not She's subtle. Right. I don't like, you know, subtle doesn't work well on me for, for superhero stuff. I don't want subtle. And that, that's just pretty blatant. And I like it a lot. Big old X marks the titty. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm,
There's the show notes for you, folks. Yeah. Seriously. So, yeah, sorry. But I was just thinking. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that one. But <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Poor David. You know what, Jason? I was thinking I got a couple books uh, at the show last week really cheap. I don't know if you have them, but we should read them for one, one of these weeks. Uh, I picked up the issues of Deathmate that I didn't have, and one of them is the red, and that's the Liefeld issue. Do you have that issue, Deathmate Red? Uh, if I do, I would have to f- dig deep to find it. Yeah. So oh, we I should read that because that, that book is wow. It's so over the top. It, it's, well, I mean, it's I'm really... sure my man Jay Tomio has like 80 copies, so maybe he could. Yeah. FedEx me one. I, I like Deathmate. I thought I think I mean it took friggin' forever to come out, but uh, and and the that. the artists the artists have matured. Since then, let's let's just well, leave leave it yeah. at that. But I, there's something about it I really like it. And uh, if, you know, if you wait, wait, if you read Deathmate, you basically knew who who was doing what. You judging by the colors, uh, whichever whichever one you got, you you knew who the consummate industry long-standing professionals were, and who the young upstart kids that can't. Get it together. Were that's that's all that, that that's one thing I got out of Deathmate is that you knew who was doing the Valiant issues and you knew who was doing the death, the, the image issues and and you knew who wanted to get the job done and who was just having fun. That's cold. I, that's cold. I, 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 well, hold on. tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Come on, You're tell right. me. <laughs> right. Sometimes the uh, world is full of cold truths, David. <laughs> and I gotta wonder if this Merritt Michaels guy. Doesn't bring like rob a sandwich every day, or or or, or you know massages his feet because you know my Christmas present part of my Christmas present from Chris was a Merritt Michaels uh, Deadpool core page. Yeah, he's really good, but you can see the love, uh, the Liefeld love in his in his line. I mean, oh absolutely, I mean, pretty blatant. I'm sure he got the job doing Deadpool core because he looks a lot like Rob, and Rob was doing the book. Right. Yeah, Yeah. I like his work. I I think it's really good. Which one of the which of the extreme books did he do? Gate, right? Merritt Michaels? Yeah. I think. I, I got him right here. I don't mean looking through him, but I don't know. That That's a question for another time. Right? Speaking of image. Speaking of image, what'd y'all read? I uh, I read issue three of Butcher Baker and Righteous Maker. Oh, I didn't. Um, righteous. Dude, is it good? Did not. Are you serious? No, I didn't it, get to it yet. <laughs> it 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 is it is good it's it's more of the same it's it's uh there's um there's a well there's one ending and there's a beginning in in this issue and uh yeah there's there's something that that uh goes into effect by the end of the issue where um it's uh someone's going to someone's happy and I, I don't want to spoil it for you. It's it's uh, there's there's a uh, there's a change in in someone, and uh, the fight's not over. Basically, it, nice. it's, it's yeah, it's um, you know, you you get your boy, uh, Jesus Jihad, Jesus Jihad, who uh, you see him basically sodomizing or the aftermath of sodomizing everybody. In, in the club where we meet Butch Baker in the first issue. Nice. 
Uh, <laughs> you got Vince's interest now. He's, <laughs> he's wearing he's wearing his little ballerina tutu, and and his long is hanging out from underneath it in silhouette, and uh, and and he's just got a bunch of people that, that he bent over at one point or another. He's, he's banging away at some dude bent over a stool, uh, <laughs> and he is just he's intense, dude. And and, uh, and and you like, want to make Vince laugh like it's Eddie Murphy doing Raw? You just start talking about sodomy, <laughs> cake and sodomy. There you go. <laughs> I love Eddie Murphy in Raw. Um, but I mean, you know, seriously. I mean, I know Vince especially. Is, we've been talking on Joe Case with this, especially with the back matter. The back matter is great. I, you know, I, I know people like to wait for collected editions, and that's their chosen, you know, preferred way to read. But I. Just like Fraction with Casanova or, or Warren Ellis with Fell, I, I really hope that the back matter stays with single issues because yeah. that's a big deal for me to, 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 to read the single issues is, is oh, to get shit, Joe yeah. Casey's thoughts on things. And we, we talk about Joe Casey to the moon with this book, but Huddleston is absolutely fantastic and, and it continues to just rule this book. And, and the art is just... When we go back to the club where 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 the bad guys get to get, we get, you know, it's it's mostly pink backgrounds, but there's more color where you know you see Butch Baker and, and Liberty Bell, and and there's the, uh, it's it's kind of just not not monochromatic, but you know, of course the truck, the rig is is in you know old glory, but uh, it's that kind of the tone and and it's just but the way he could just go from from one style to another with with, with the paints and the colors and it seriously it's it's I I know this is not a book for everybody where just the images alone but it's it's just it really is I mean you can honestly I you can tell how much fun these guys have making this book this is basically the the uh, Definitely red and gold right here. I mean, they're just having fun making this book. I, it, it's fantastic. You know, you can feel my influence on you guys when David starts mentioning things about sodomy with such glee. Isn't it, isn't it a wonderful thing? I want to make my boys happy. I was going to say, he's only doing, he has glee because mm-hmm. he knows he's going to make you smile. And there are a few know. things in life make David happier than making you happy. Here's, I was, oddly enough, I was going through some books and I came across a forgotten Joe Casey um, project and it only lasted four issues because I think the publishing uh, company or the imprint of this publishing company went under. Remember the aftermath books out of Devil's Do? Oh yeah. No. Joe Casey. Joe Casey Just did a character. I don't think I read any of them. I remember Devil's Do. Oh man, I mean this thing is like I said, four issues. The first two are drawn drawn by Clement Suave. The the first issue alone of this infantry thing, you'd need you can probably find it for a quarter. The art is brilliant. It's it's outstanding, really well done. Infantry kind of looks like Snake Eyes a little bit if you jazzed up the costume. Uh, it, it's it has a very strong GI Joe vibe to it. Let's just leave it at that. But the character design for this this dude called the Marionette, the villain, oh, it's fantastic and. I was thinking, why? How did this book not catch on? It's Joe Casey, and gorgeous art by Clement Suave, and it only lasted four issues. What the hell? That so nobody no, else but me among us bought this? That well, can't say that I, I did, man. That, I, I issue did issue three was drawn by Giancarlo 
Caracuzzo, and then Jim Muniz did issue four. But looking through the the, the back of the books, I mean, this um, aftermath imprint—they had some some big guns working for him. Walt, Marv Wolfman d- did a book called Defects, drawn by Stefano Caselli. Related to Marv Wolfman. Yeah, Wolfman. <laughs> uh, and Chuck Dixon had a character called Breakdown, uh, drawn by Dave Ross. Like, n- no one talks about these books. No one. I-, I-, I never hear anybody mention the, the aftermath imprint. And that's, that's, that's sad. I mean, if you see these in a quarter box, grab them. They're awesome. And send them to Vince. No, I already oh, got them. No, he already has them. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's the theme. Send them to Vince. That's right, baby. No. All right. Back to life. You want to take this out? Does somebody? Does Chris have anything to talk about? Chris, you've been relatively quiet this episode. Relatively. No, I'm fine. You guys are breaking up a little bit. Am I all? Am I? Am I okay? Check, you check, sound check. better right now than you sounded the entire episode. Sweetness. Really? Oddly, oddly enough, yes. No, are you no, wireless? No, I, 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 I jammed. I jammed uh, a lot with uh, Jason on Baltimore. I think. Next week, uh, we'll probably yeah, no. come back as a group and talk about the tooth. Yes, the tooth. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess uh, I have a, a You can't a handle the tooth. Just, oh uh, just real, real quick, um, and I mentioned it on AC, love the, uh, the conclusion to 28 Days Later. I've been talking about that since really since almost uh, when it started and the conclusion to it was really good and uh, Jeff Lemire just absolutely knocked the ball out of the park or the the puck through the net uh, I guess since he's Canadian with uh, Sweet Tooth Volume 3 was so so good uh, no argument there hmm? I, I have to get no ar- reading it no argument there uh, it's it was uh, almost had it had me crying. I mean, there was at least you know like big like choking up. You know, the scene the scene with Buddy just had me almost crying. So, oh, so good. You were reclumped, weren't you? <laughs> I was. I was. I was. I was, I was reclumped. Okay. Well, well here's something that'll cheer you up. Because this episode of Love and Comics was sponsored well, dude, by... You can't do this to click sponsor and all fucked up. Although it might be kind of funny if you do it that way. you got to be kidding me. Oh, yeah, you're you're right. Well, wait a minute. We'll, we'll give you a few minutes. Hey, hey, da- hey Dap. Yo, yeah. Why don't you, for the, uh, for, the, for the small percentage of people that listen to this show but do not listen to Marvel Noise, uh, what, did, what, did you, uh, what did you think of Avengers Academy Giant Size? Dude, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I for for a few reasons. I mean, the art was 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 great. David Baldion, right? Is it uh, the pencil it's, uh, or is it, is it Baldor or is it uh, Bal- yeah Baldion? Right, right. Yep, yep. And uh, Jordi Tarragon is the inker, and uh, Chris Sotomayor as the colors. This was um, this was and no lie on the cover. It says, well, I'll get to the cover, but the eighty page extravaganza, and and this is a all done in one 80 page story this is not you know this isn't like half a book and then a reprint or 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 small hot moon pages this is just one long ass story that's really really good and i'm you know i i, I can get a little annoyed i guess with with, with the younger hero of the sidekick or something but not not here at all i thought everybody i mean i would have liked to have seen some more with uh with, with some of our younger heroes but um, 
I have no problem with the big bad, if you want to call them that, that they were facing in this issue. Um, and, and that dude always surprises me. You would think by now I'd guess who the villain of the issue is based on what's going on when by the time he's revealed. But motherfucker always ends up hitting me. I'm like, oh, really? It's him? And, and oh, Okay, so you didn't know uh, he was the villain? I guess you didn't do the solicits or anything? Yeah, I, I guess I knew that. The solicits gave that away. Oh, okay, no, I didn't. I didn't. I, I did not read the solicit. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I'd done that, I don't know if I would have gotten it because I didn't know that that Paul Tobin wrote it and 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 Christos Gage did not. Um, and that's no slight to Tobin. That's just it's been a while since I I've read Avengers Academy because I'm behind and and I love Christos Gage, so I figured you know I'll, I'll read this. But I really enjoyed it, and and it's. Uh, it, you know, I, I like Paul Tobin. I know he's doing the, the Marvel superheroes line these days. And, and uh, actually, he wrote the Fallen Skies uh, serial. That oh, did he really? Did. Yeah, he did. And, and the art's really good too because I like the way the uh, they he's got the likeness down for Noah Wiley and, and a lot of the other characters. As I was watching the show, it, it, the characters did look like they did in a uh, show and in the comic. But the Avengers Academy giant size, it it um, it kind of felt a little bit like. Marvel Adventures line or, or the Marvel Superheroes line, but in continuity and in, in, in Marvel six one six continuity. Um, I this is I, I I did enjoy it and and you know like we said with with retail this this was an eight dollar book, but I had no problem getting it. It, it I I did enjoy it a lot. Uh, yeah, I was glad to hear you uh, talk about it because it actually I had read this book. Uh, I guess a couple weeks ago when I got it, it was one of the first things I read, uh, and I just totally forgot about ever bringing it up. But uh, when I saw that you talked about it on the noise, I figured just bring it up real quick. I- I'm totally with you. Um, if I recall, the reason it's an 80-page giant is because it was going to be a crossover between Young Allies and Avengers Academy, oh, I can but see Young Allies got canceled uh, after the first arc, so. They audibled and smartly, rather than just let the stuff be inventory, they decided to put it out in this form, which I'm very happy that they did. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I dig these characters. You know, I talked about Young Allies a little bit when it came out. I, I actually enjoyed the uh, Young Allies villains even more because they were the Bastards of Evil, which I thought was a really clever <laughs> uh, play on, on the Masters of Evil. But um, but no, I dig them. I, I, I agree with you on Baldeon. He, uh, he's He's really good at facial expressions. Yes. Um, which which is uh, I think such a, a a key component to good cartooning that a lot of the more realistic uh, artists sometimes forget about. Yeah. You know, this is comics. So it doesn't have to. You know, you can you can still. Not everybody use... talks with their lips. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. and, and he's yeah. really good at. Yeah, I think it just. I thought it was very noticeable. Uh, just just and in, in, in a good way. Um, uh, and I I dig. Um, you know, for as much as I liked like secret, uh, as much as I liked Hickman's Secret Warriors and stuff, um, I have to admit there were a lot of times reading those issues where I would forget the characters' names or who was who. Yeah. But um, you know, the Academy and Young Allies are, are all, at least in my mind, I've had pretty memorable. Now, to be fair, yes. Young Allies, Spider Girl, and Firestar are pre-existing characters, so it's it maybe a little easier to remember them. But Toro, again, you know, I don't. I mean, uh, it, it, I thought. You know, pretty interesting, and and nothing. We haven't seen a character quite like him, in, at least in my recent memory. Um, and then on the academy, I I like those characters a lot. I, I think, yes. uh, um, you know, Vale's cool. You know, Reptile, who was a 
which was a, a Marvel superhero squad character that they brought into the Marvel universe, uh, is pretty neat. And I thought in this book, um, I, I thought they 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 made him kind of cooler even than he is in the Academy book in the way he was using his powers and manifesting mm-hmm. different uh, dinosaurs and you know sometimes as the head, sometimes as the leg. It was just uh, yeah. Overall, I liked it. And and um, I will say this. Uh, Baldeon makes uh, Arcade look a lot freaking scarier than I've ever seen him look before. Yeah, big time. The big yeah. sunken eyes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was... There's some Joker look going on, but it's mm-hmm. it's a... Uh, He's getting uh, older. It does, yeah, but it, it does work. He, he seemed a little more ruthless here than he did in, in other stories I've read in, in over the years. Um, yeah, exactly. And what's cool about Arcade is that he just really is like a total... Like psychopath, like he really never has any purpose other than to, like, want mercenary to, or an to, assassin. Is, yeah, to kill people and yeah. uh, or have fun with them. So yeah, it's uh, it, uh, it, it yeah, I, I really enjoyed it too. It, um, just and, fun. And, comp- and not, Bob Dunn does does like getting in uh, the five star ass shots when he can. Hey, nothing wrong with that. No, oh, no, there isn't. And and if I did She's have still to, one of age in the book, so if you're going to do that, you're right. You're right. That, that's that's a good call. Because um, that matters. I, it doesn't matter <laughs> in a comic book. Yeah, I think if I if I did have to um, if I did have to pick at anything about this, it, and, and I didn't have the var- I don't have the variant cover by by Sony and, and Matt Wilson. Sadly, I have the um, the Ed McGinnis and uh, and and Sotomayor cover. It the cover. Is, is one of those has absolutely nothing to do with the interior and is mostly just you know it could have been a promo art for you know an upcoming event or something. It's it's Super Soldier and Spider Man and Iron Man standing stoically behind um, action shots of uh, Spider Girl, Firestar, and uh, and Reptile. Hmm. Yeah, just, yeah, cool. Sounds very good. It is. It, it it's 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 a really cool one shot. I like yeah. one shots. You know who has a lot of one shots available? Discount Comic Book Service. They sponsor. Right. They sponsor this mess. That's synchronicity right there, folks. DCBService.com, thirty-five seventy-five percent off. Get them while they're hot. And in your travels, my people, just came out today. It's a beautiful trade. It's published by Aspen. I tweeted this. It's it's you called did. Executive Assistant Iris. Iris, yeah. yeah. Written by now, Dave. Is this the first, or, or is it the is volume it the one? Because they're coming out with the second. Okay. Right, volume one. Written by David Wool, drawn by Eduardo Francisco. Really well drawn, uh, classy even. Colored by John Starr, and Iris is a character created by David Wool, Michael Turner, and Brad Foxhoven. In in a nutshell, there's this Chinese institution called the Academy that corrals orphan girls. Uh, trains them in uh, a number of disciplines, uh, diplomacy, poise, etiquette, assassination, and martial arts, and then places these girls uh, in the employ of, say, high-powered businessmen and uh, political figures. And what they do is they do the dirty work for these, these high-powered men. Um, and they all have code names, for what I can see, based on flowers. Iris... Uh, Rose, and um, it, it's really cool. It's a it's a extremely well drawn. I mean, the action sequences are great. Uh, girls with guns and knives story, from what I can see. Um, and uh, 
I will admit, over the years, Joe Benitez has developed some serious chops. Because mm-hmm. he does a lot of the covers, and they print them all on the back of the book. Really nice covers. But this uh, Eduardo, Eduardo Francisco is really tight, too. The women are all smoking hot. Jason, you would like this book, I think. Ooh, nice. Yeah. it And it's not... It, it is TNA, let's be honest. There's a lot of, of very sexy women in, 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 uh, multiple poses, but it's, n- I don't think it's, uh, from what I can see, it doesn't seem like, uh, your standard look at my ass, uh, story. <laughs> like, like, I was, I was, uh, going through the Wonder Woman subway, uh, Justice League, uh, thing that they tipped in the books, uh, last week, was it? Every time they show Wonder Woman, it's like, look at my ass. I'm Wonder Woman. Look at this. Here's my ass. And I'm, I'm Wonder Woman. But, I mean, yeah, there's there's scantily clad females in this, but it's, it's more action oriented than, than anything. I like it a lot. And I, I read the first two issues, but I can't really comment on the whole thing because I haven't finished it. But what I read was really good. So, executive assistant Iris, go get it. What else we got? Um. Next, I, I was lucky enough to uh, to read a preview of this, but I believe next week is uh, Jonathan Hickman's uh, The Red Wing. Does that come out next week? I think so. I believe it's it's really good. Four like, issue series, right? Uh, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. And it's it is it's the Hickman that I like. It's it's you know really big fun concepts um you know the, the he's he's not a character moment kind of guy and so it's i just go and have fun with with crazy science fiction ideas and uh and red wing seem to have that um and also uh one thing i'm sure we will talk about in either next episode or the one after that is the 11 o'clock anthology which i have a copy of is is out there and so uh head over to the forum and check out how you can get your your grubby little hands on one of those low concept love it well yep yeah, what, it's very, it's very good. Some really, really cool stuff in there. Uh, I read it in issues, but I know that the book one will be out. Um, I think next month, maybe, or at the end of this month. It's, it's book one of of Scarlet, but I read the seven issues, and um, I'm sorry, five issues, and it's um, I, I, I as I thought about it when Jason was talking about the art. And Avengers Academy giant size and, and, and how it's expressive and, and we talk about how other artists who use reference might um, might not show that much expression but it's I don't love everything Malieve does but I really did like Scarlet and, and I um, I'm enjoying Scarlet from Bendis more than, than I've been enjoying like some of the Avengers from Bendis and things like that so I if you can find the issues the first five issues are out and they paused it end of book one so they could do Moon Knight and then I guess when the first arc of Moon Knight is up maybe <laughs> that'll go on ice, whatever but I know Scarlet will be coming back I'm not sure when but um, if it's want to get the hardcover but I enjoyed the, 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 um, the issues also had interviews and, and back matter and a letters page and things like that so is that one or two T's that my friend is two no no I lied it's one. <laughs> three there you it's, go. It's eight. One T. It's 
Maybe Street. Moon Knight would sell better if they put an extra T at the end of it. Moon Knight. Moon Titty? Oh. Maybe it would sell better if they gave him a blue gray costume and called him Batman. In your travels, I also want to shout out an image book. Uh, written by uh, Mr. Mark Andrew Smith, who I don't know that we've talked about too often, but uh, I think deserves some propers. He um, he uh, wrote Amazing Joy Buzzards. He is yep. one of the co-editors of the fantastic Image Anthology uh, Pop Gun series, uh, and I think he's won an Eisner for that, in fact. Uh, and also authored a number of uh, all-ages books in the past, including the New Brighton Archaeological Society, which is quite fun. Uh, he has a new series out. Uh, the second issue came out, uh, I think, last week or the week before, uh, and that is Gladstone's School for World Conquerors. Yes, uh, really is, fun. Yeah, very fun. Um, again, you know, uh, I know we often hear voicemails, forum, internets, people saying that there are no all ages comics, meaning that uh, there are comics for kids and there are comics that are, you know, to adult, but there aren't comics that are just sort of, uh, you know, okay for teens and yet still enjoyable for adults and, and I would disagree. There are lots out there if you're willing to look and I think that uh, this is another in the bunch. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's, it's basically a story as the title suggests of uh, a school that uh, is the haven of uh, would-be supervillains. Um, again, it's, it, that kind of theme has been played with by other people in recent years but uh, I will say that uh, his, uh, his version two issues in is as good if not better than the uh, other uh, other similarly themed books that I've read in recent years. So yeah, it was really uh, good. good. For him. I liked yeah. it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and I usually agree a lot uh, on things. And I remembered a book you talked about oh a while back that I finally got in a my DCBS box. I think it was last shipment. And and again, I gotta agree with you. You know me. I rarely find fault with image books. They, they could publish. Um, uh, you know, butt wipes on the page, and I'd probably enjoy it. Uh, such as it was not the case with Marijuana Man. I was like, Told "What you. the oh, fuck oh, am I wow. reading?" Well, and wow. it's it's Joe Casey too. I just say, isn't it Joe Casey? And Jim Mafood and Joe Casey. The recipe sounds good on paper, but I mean, I think it was a it was a case of taking the money and run because that book is rough. Oh, it is. Right. It's like, oh right. man, right. it was. It was, yeah, it was ditchweed. Yeah, <laughs> whatever that means. Yes, it was that. It was, <laughs> and a hardcover, oversized format, nice paper. Why? Why? That could have been a one shot. Yes, it's we re- know why. A clear case. Oh, like sure. The, yeah, I like the. I like their two. No, no, but, I know what I'm saying. This was uh, technically a story conceived by Marley, of course, by Ziggy, and so. I could see them maybe hanging out, maybe smoking a J. Maybe Ziggy breaking maybe. down the whole idea of you know hemp and Rastafarianism and <laughs> all that good stuff. And he Dude, was like, "Yeah, man, you know it would be really this. cool." Let's do a comic, and then they they don't have DNA, man. They have yeah. THC. That's yeah. that's come on, seriously? <laughs> I'm paying money for this. See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, you did. I said. It. Oh, the, the the only thing that that propelled me through the book was they used uh Bob Marley song titles for different chapters in the book and I was like, yeah. "Well, let's see what they do next." That was the only reason I kept reading that damn thing. And now it's on my shelf taking up valuable real estate. Ugh. 
Why don't you give it to someone? I should. Why, give, why I should. Forward? I should turn around and give it to someone. Yeah, inflict the, the pain well, of so marijuana man on someone you. else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Rough. I'm sorry. Joe Casey's brilliant, but this is not one of his shining moments. But you better talk about something else. We ain't going out with that. Yeah, but the the um, the Intimates is speaking of schools for would be superheroes. The Intimates is brilliant, and you should seek that out on a wild storm. That's brilliant, Joe Casey. Is it brilliant? I'm hearing it's brilliant. Oh, it's bigger than that. Bigger and better than brilliant. Whatever word. It's it's incredibly... Incredibly. Yeah, right. So there you go. Hey, everybody. We're glad you spent this two hours with us. We'll be back next week, of course. And we, we hope you're here with us because we would love that very much. David, especially. Thank you, Yep. And if you'd like to join in on the online uh, hilarity, drop by our forum, bullpenbulletinspodcast.com forward slash forum or www.11oclockcomics.com. Join us, if you will. We have a lot of fun. Not this past week, but usually we have a lot of fun. Follow yeah. Chris on Behave yourself. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, just, just remember, mm. not a democracy. We are, well, <laughs> maybe not for three but for i don't i don't yeah whatever come to our forum we not love, democracy. <laughs> yeah i love y'all david loves you everybody loves you i do all right thanks will you can see you next week thanks. peace Bye. <laughs> good night poor david meanwhile lurking by a stone in the mud two eyes look to see what I was, and then something spoke, and this is what it said to me.